Coming to you from somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border, welcome to Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't. We thank you so much for hitching a ride along with us today. I'm your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and with me as always are my two esteemed co-hosts. I am the Lord Ketchum. And I'm Dave King of the Road. And tonight we're going to review Friday the 13th, Part 2, from 1981. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. The day you count on for terror is not over. Friday the 13th, Part 2, rated R. It's Friday the 13th, and we're back for the follow-up that reshuffles the deck on the franchise and puts the famous killer we all know and love into action. Jason has finally surfaced and is ready to start a revenge killing spree that will seemingly never end, barring any property rights lawsuits that may come up and temporarily put him on the disabled list. (laughs) But trust me, just like Frosty the Snowman, he'll be back again someday. Alright guys, I'm going to give it to you straight about this podcast. Spoilers ahead. Oh man. And decapitated Mrs. Voorhees ahead. (laughs) Pun intended. Pun intended. I hope. You know me. <laughs> well, I don't think we can really start talking about this movie before we really... How did we get here with this movie? With the way well, here, the original ended? Let's have a 15-minute uh, um, you know, rehash of Actually, the original first one. It was only about um, six and a half minutes or well, so. Well, still, it seems like fucking forever. I so. gotta <laughs> tell you the truth. I fast-forwarded that on the rewatch here. Yeah. There's no sense in Honestly, I have found that whenever I do watch two or three, I do fast forward through the recap. More so with three, because I think three is longer. It it seems longer. I'm not sure. I knew they cut it down just like they did cut down the first one. But but yeah, so how how did we get here? Because this opening part, it's two months later. Yeah. How is he a grown adult? I have a theory. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on me. So, I believe Jason truly died in the first one, right? For, for this second one to be plausible, Jason had to have died in the first one. He is down there in hell or some shit like that. Mrs. Voorhees gets killed. And she ends up in hell. Jason makes a deal with the devil to go back and avenge his mother, his mother's death. And in return, he's got to, like, you know, slaughter and collect souls for the devil for here on out. And he's got all these cool-ass abilities. This almost sounds like one of the many, many proposed scripts for Freddy vs. Jason. Or Hellboy. Or Hellboy. There you go. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. storylines. It could easily be tied into something like that. And it'd be pretty sweet. Okay. So then, refresh me. Okay. Was the ending of the first one with Jason popping out and pulling Alice? Okay, so under, it, was that, it a, was that a dream? dream. It, it was a dream. dream yeah. Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember. All right. All right, King, what do you got on, on this? On the same ticket, it has to be a, a dream. The, From the original? Yes. Okay. Because. If you're just, going to go with this storyline, <clears throat> this it's got to be a dream. Well, okay. the mother's calling back to Jason drowning in the lake, you know, as a child. And we're seeing a child like Jason attacking her at the end. So, you know, he obviously didn't age at that point. So oh, it was, that's why it makes it more sensible that it's a dream. I just had a crazy little notion. Okay. What if he was actually an adult 
and she just you know it, she just kind of imagined it as little Jason because of the stories and everything, and she knew it, it was a child and she was delirious, but it was really a full grown Jason. Well, it's plausible because he attacks her from behind and she doesn't yeah. really get to see him. Yeah. We get to see him from the camera angle, but she doesn't really see him in that scene. I don't hmm. know. Well, I know Tom Savini and them. Yeah, Tom aren't, aren't very big fans of this, right? And that's honestly, and Betsy Palmer, she was another <laughs> Sean Cunningham. I mean, they all thought it was like, well, this is dumb because you know, but right, yeah. And, well, in the novel, you get a, a bit of a rewriting of this that the movie missed. I don't know why, but they basically go back and show Jason when he was supposedly drowned in the lake. He actually drowns and kind of drifts ashore somewhere on the other side of the lake, and his mom and everybody starts, you know, searching the lake for him. They call in the sheriff so they can search the lake and never find him. But he had crawled out of the water and like regurgitated a bunch of slime and worms, is the way they explained it. Crawled into the woods, disappeared, passed out, and got lost when he woke up and was all disoriented and didn't make it back to the camp. And the camp was closed almost immediately after and. Mom went to an institution, and Jason comes up on it, and it's abandoned, and he feels like he's been abandoned again, basically. He's got abandonment issues here. You know, his dad abandoned <laughs> him and his mom. Now he feels that his mom has abandoned him, too. So, so then did he see his mom being beheaded, then? It explains that he does. He sees Alice do the deed, and so he's, you know, kind of got a and that's how he knows. vengeance for her. I'm down with that. I'm and with in the too. book... Alice is fighting the demons of this whole nightmare that she keeps reliving since, you know, it happened. And in the in the book, she's on the phone with her mom, going, Mom, you know, I got to do this, you know. And, well, we and she's that. talking about, well, yeah, but she's talking about needing to go back to the lake, you know, to face this demon. And in the novel, she actually does. Oh. She's in a cabin or wherever. He's got his eye out for her. Does he take kills her? her? He kills her there, though. Yeah, he kills her in the, in the cabin. Huh. Interesting. That's pretty yeah. cool. I like that. That ties it together better, but the movie, for some reason, failed to think there was yeah. any merit in doing it that way. I I guess for the most part, I mean, I really got to, I, I got to agree with you guys. I mean, for it to work where it's at least plausible, yeah, the ending of the original, you know, going back, it, it, yeah, it would have to be a dream. Right. Regardless of what you take it for an individual, right. you know. Right. So when we see Jason walking to Alice's, we just kind of see the legs. This is actually a woman. Yeah. This is uh, the only time really? that Jason has been played by a woman, and oh. it was Ellen Lutter, and she was the costume designer. And interestingly enough, she is also the one who is credited as giving Jason the sackhead look. Right on, cool. Huh. So, there you go. I didn't know it was a chick. Yep. I, cool. I did hear that, and I, I paid attention to it on my rewatch, and... If you're really, I mean, because you know going into seeing it that it is a chick, I right. mean, you could kind of pick up the subtleties of the way a woman walks differently, but mm -hmm. it's really subtle. Like, I'd have never picked up on it and had not been told. Right. I agree. But although Warrington Gillette, who originally auditioned for the role of Paul in Lost, he is credited as playing Jason in this. Uh, pretty much all the scenes, for the most part, where you see, you know, uh, Jason doing things with the sack on. That is played by Steve Dash, who right. recently just passed away. Um, Gillette, he only ends up playing the unmasked Jason at the end. Um, of course, Steve Dash, he was pretty notably, he was pretty irritated that he wasn't uh, credited. And he should have been. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right to be. Absolutely. 
Yeah, he's the one Jason that I missed that I really would have loved to have met him. He seemed like he was a pretty, he was a fan-friendly guy at conventions, you know, from everything that I've gathered from people, just with their posts, like on social media, that he was just, just a good guy. But where does this portrayal and then the look of Sackhead, Jason, where does this rank for you guys as far as... Well, it's a pillowcase, not a sackhead, but one of our... Uh, it's uh, one of those yeah. terms that I've Most heard around. Commentaries. Burlap sack, the yeah, burlap sack. town that dreaded sack. sundown, potato, potato sack. sackhead. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've heard all kinds of... Just sackhead just seems easier. It's kind of ripped off of town that dreaded sundown. Oh, it is. It's actually supposed to be a uh, a nod. Just there's just one eye hole instead uh-huh. of both, right. but that was intentional. All for the okay. town that dreaded sundown? Yeah. Right yeah. On. Okay. okay. Well, it's not a... Sack. It's a. It's not a potato sack. It's a. It's a pillow casing. <laughs> Steve Dash himself said that in an interview. Okay. Because somebody brought it up. Yeah, it was, it was like a pillow a, case. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. He had. Okay. But where do where does this portrayal, of Jason? This look. Where does uh, as far as the other Jasons uh, that we get in the future? Where does this rank for you? You like it? Yay, nay. Yeah. I'm down with it. It's cool. He's a hideous creature. He needs his face. Covered up, man. I almost see it as its own separate thing, and it's hard to it's hard to rank it with those because it is a different thing than the rest of them. The rest of them are all hockey mask Jason. Yeah, and here is, that's what you're saying. So it's almost hard because I do appreciate it for what it is. More on the upper, more uh, top on three, lower. top three. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe top two. I mean, that's cool. I'm, it's definitely my top five. But I don't know about three. Yeah, I don't want to get any harder than three. It's it's in my top three. Cool. It's not my top two. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm not like a huge fan of really? the sackhead hmm. Jason hillbilly looking type look. I mean, I mean, it's played well. I don't have any issues with it. I, I just, I don't know. I, it just doesn't work for me. I guess I, I don't know what it is. It, but I've always, I, I see what you're saying, King, about like kind of it, it's separate. You know, but if he would have just had his regular, you know, outfit minus the hockey mask, he he had the the pillow casing um, <laughs> over his head for that with the regular instead of the you know the flannel and all that shit. Would you have liked it better? I don't think so because I think it's the mask. No. I think it's yeah. you know because obviously by the time I got to this movie, the character Jason Voorhees, the look. Mm. I mean, it was everywhere. I mean, it was one of those things that again we talked about. You never saw any of the movies, but you knew exactly who it was right. and what sure. it represented, and you know. But that's what Jason is to me. Yeah. Um, but right. the, the role was played well. I don't know, maybe a little clumsy, uh, kind of like Ghostface from Scream. I have a few qualms with this, Jason. Well, we'll get to it though. Okay. We'll, we'll All right. Well, not sure. to excuse the look for this answer, but another part of the novelization was that he raids the cabins to find himself clothes after he, you know got his shit back together after drowning. Right. And he sees his reflection in a mirror in the cabin and is disgusted by how hideous he looks and, you know, grabs a pillowcase and that's, it explains how, you know, how he donned the pillowcase and, and, you know, he basically just took the clothes he could find that fit him. And, you know, later down the road he runs into some new digs and finds a cool new mask and he's like, you know. Upgrade. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, fair enough. Score. Yep. There's that. He's a scavenger. Adrienne King said that she wanted to be in this, but she only wanted to be on screen briefly because she actually had a real-life stalker uh, because of the original Friday the 13th uh, giving her you know, that bit of fame. Um, I guess this person actually broke into her apartment at one point. Huh. 
uh, it's really pretty scary, and she was you know pretty fearful for her life, so she yeah. agreed to do a very, very small role. But uh, the first six, six and a half minutes of this is kind of, uh, it intertwines the ending of the original with a bad dream with Alice at her uh, current home. She ends up waking up. She goes on this longer-than-needed one-sided phone call conversation with her mother, which she all improvised, then to take a shower with a weird jump scare where she just opens the shower curtain and she's like... Staring at the camera. Steve Miner had a thing for facial close-ups because he did it with... Who's it? Terry? The Terry character. When she went back to the cabin to let... What's his name? Scott. That got caught up in the uh, snare upside down. Yeah. Is that Terry? Oh, yeah, that's right. He did. She did have a little close-up. Yeah, he had a little thing for huh. that, I noticed. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we get uh, my personal favorite. We get the screeching cat jumping out of nowhere. <laughs> Yay. And then we get Mrs. Voorhees' decomposing. <laughs> it looks like it was thrown up into the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah. That cat did not there do was that. No, Somebody there was no tossed grace it. to that jump. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That cat was tossed, absolutely. There was some grip over there. Just <laughs> toss that cat. I like it. That's funny. <laughs> But then we follow it up with Mrs. Voorhees' decomposing head in the fridge and Jason coming from behind and stabbing Alice in the temple with an ice pick. Pretty it's a good jump. It's shocking. I, li- I like that he had his mom's head. Though, yeah. That was pretty sweet. Yep. Yeah. It's it's grim. Yeah. I like it. It's it's. I think it's good. I really do like it. But I guess in real life, when uh, they took the first take of this, the, the ice pick was retractable. And on the first take, it didn't retract. And she actually ended up getting, like, poked in the temple, I guess, a little bit. Nothing, like, serious. Damn. But, yeah. yeah. The real ice pick. Yeah. Well, no, in real, it just didn't retract for it whatever reason. Retract. Okay. Yeah. Retractor got hung up. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yep. Okay. Jesus. That's terrible. He kills her with an ice pick in the book, too, but it's at, at a cabin. At a cabin. At lake. Yeah. But Jason does something here. He, uh... He ends up taking the teapot off of the stove. So, what was the reasoning here? Was he just being a good guy, or was he just trying not I think to attract he attention? Annoyed at that fucking screen. That's what I think as well, because the teapot was going off at that point. Right. And plus, if you're a smart killer and you just want to attract attention for people to come, and what's on. going yeah, on? Yeah. Eventually, ran out of water and shit. Yeah. yeah. But still, yeah, fire was, hazard. That shit is annoying. So, right. <laughs> Whenever I make tea and shit and whatnot, you know, heating up water. I'm there. I don't yeah. want that thing going off very long. <laughs> but we end up, we kind of, we end up finding out, we fast forward five years into the future, so we're in 1984 now. But we're introduced to this new group of counselors at a camp that is near Camp Crystal Lake, shares the lake, on the other side, I guess, and the first we get to meet is Jeff and Sandra, and it's played by Bill Randolph and Marta Cober. And interesting little fact about Miss Cober, uh, she was underage oh, yeah. when they filmed. And uh, for those of you who have seen the movie, you can see where there's a scene that is, uh, there's there's some issues with that, yeah. perhaps. But we'll get there. But I she, totally dug his pickup. I love that truck. Oh, yeah, that is pretty sweet. It's mean looking. I like it a lot. <laughs> but they end up going to a payphone to call their friend Ted. And uh, while they're on the phone with him, uh, the pickup's getting towed, and it turns out it's actually just a prank played by uh, Ted, who was played by Stu Charno. Who I like Ted. Ted, he's, he's fucking cool. Usually, I don't like yeah. the jokester. <laughs> I like Ted for whatever. Yeah. By all rights, I shouldn't like this guy, but I do. I'm with right you on, on that. It's weird. I 
I've known him. He was in a few things. Well, um, he was in Christine. That Christine. We reviewed back in episode nine. He, he was, was in just one of the just guys. Just one of the guys. He had the little, yeah, like, the lizard. Little lizard guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was and cool. He had all the, arachno- the yeah. um, reptiles and shit. Yep. It was awesome. He's an Andy Dick-looking guy, though. I mean... He's goofy-looking. Yeah. Yeah. No, but he plays the role well, and... Uh, what else I, was he in? Once Bitten? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you guys yeah. have seen just one of the guys. That's... that's oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I've seen that movie... I like that one way more times. Than there I was a part of that movie yeah. I really well, liked. Well, yeah, there's a definitely part of that parts movie. In this movie that I learned a little something about myself. <laughs> that uh, you I like a boobs. chick that could yeah. dress like you a like guy. Chicks who look like guys? Could be no, attractive. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I like boobs, and she yeah. had some yeah. nice ones. Oh too. yeah, yeah. Was that was her name Joyce? Oh, oh man. man, I can't remember what her name was. Yeah, when those popped out, I mean, I think probably all of us did that. Roger, <laughs> Roger Rabbit eyes bulging out of your head. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's Zoink. funny. <laughs> you know. It's hilarious. But we're also uh, reintroduced to Crazy Ralph. He shows up just doing Crazy Ralph things. He's played like, by Walt Gorney. Looks the same. Like day different. Nope. Not well, one bit. But, uh, yeah, he's our harbinger of doom again. But he's more or less just a cameo for the most part. Cause he's, he's just re- recycling old, li- old lines and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's, he's killed about a half hour in. Yeah. yeah. You know. It's a good kill. Yeah, it's solid. Not bad. It's kind of an issue because he's leaning up against a tree and how did he come from over top of the tree with the the, the wire to choke him? If I you mean, look fast enough, he went he slung it over the tree. He oh, caught it real okay. fast. So, I, I don't think he did, but well, okay. whatever. Oh Russell, he ain't moving too fast. But the three, they end up driving to the new camp, and they come upon this big-ass tree branch in the middle of the road. And while the guys are moving the branch, Sandra, she finds a Camp Crystal Lake sign. Ted tells them that's Camp Blood, and he warns them about it, you know, real vaguely. And obviously, this ends up piquing her interest even even more. And uh, she ends up bugging the shit out of Jeff. They're like, oh, let's go, let's go, like throughout the movie until they finally go. And, and yeah. really, they're the instigators. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they encroached. They, they actually, they, they made first, they drew first blood. Ah, they started it. <laughs> but Packinac Lodge, this is our, uh, kind of our headquarters, I guess you could say, for the movie. The old Pack. Old Packinac. <laughs> the old Knack. Pack of Snatch. <laughs> Snack Pack. <laughs> uh, we get our uh, camp counselor leader, Paul, who's played by John Fury. He uh, has this welcoming speech to all the new counselors at this training center we end up finding out and we're introduced to a few of them in particular he kind of calls them out by name and ironically enough these are the ones that we're going to be paying attention to not all these other ones and uh we get terry vicky scott and wheelchair bound mark (laughs) hot wheels yeah Yeah. basically a buffet of future jason killing fodder more or less and uh and then we end up being introduced to our soon to be new final girl, the sympathetic no nonsense Jenny, played by Amy Steele. She was also in April Fool's Day from eighty six. Yeah, but she pulls up in her uh backfiring uh VW bug, which I hate obviously cars. is gonna end up playing into a it's a little bit of <laughs> foreshadowing. Sure, yeah. Of course. I hate that car. But uh, I'll just go ahead and ask you guys, uh, Jenny Fields, as far as Final Girls, in this franchise and just Final Girls in general, where she rank with you? Number, number one. Number one? Yep. Franchise or yep. just number one franchise. in the franchise? Yep. I hear it. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. Yep. And I can't say that you're wrong because she is good. She's mm-hmm. a really good. She's a good lead. She really is. She she's plays the part three. well. She's top three for sure. She's I like her smart. better than Adrian she's, Kane. 
Honestly, I do too. I I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. I think Adrian King, and I think I give her a pass because it's the original. She was the first one, but Jenny was the first one that really dealt with Jason. Yeah, you know exactly. So yeah, good points. Things yeah. could have went a lot different if she hadn't been stalked. You know, she would right. have been the leading lady again, and we'd have never seen Amy Steele. That guy stalked her from New York to California and California to London, from the way she explained it. I mean, like, she says, you know, when you think you got a stalker, you just think, you know, you can run away from it. But it's not like some bum, you know, these people got money and they're, you know. Unfortunately for her. For me, I'd have to say she is absolutely one of the best. I'd say she's probably number two for me on the franchise and as far as Final Girls in general. But she's top ten, I'd say. Because she is really good. She's she's a good character. One of the best characters in the franchise. I'd get top five. Huh? I don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness. Full grown by now. Stalking, stealing what he needs, living off wild animals and vegetation. Some folks claim they've even seen him right in this area. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claims she saw him. She disappeared two months later, vanished. Blood was everywhere. No one knows what happened to her. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. And he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. And by now, I guess you all know we're the first to return here. Five years. Five long years he's been dormant. And he's hungry. Jason's out there. Watching. Always on the prowl for intruders. Waiting to kill. Waiting to devour. Thirsty for young We get a pretty funny scene where Jason, he's kind of lurking out in the woods and he's spying on the counselors and Terry's dog, Muffin, walks up to his feet. Cut to close up of hot dogs getting cooked out on the grill. I think that's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. The first time I watched this, I know I laughed out loud at it because I was just like... That's funny as shit. And it's not like in your face like, ta-da! It's yeah. just here it is, and then it just goes right into the scene that's happening. And I'm like, that's that's fucking clever. I like that. I like that kind of dark humor. <clears throat> I think I liked really it better funny. if it had been accompanied with some clown music. <laughs> like, our, like our favorite cops from Halloween 5. Uh, <laughs> you sure do use that word, our, 
loosely. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Our favorite. <laughs> uh, I thought I talked you guys into liking quotes. it. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> no. Not even close, sir. But no, I really thought that was just great, subtle use of humor and horror. is just really well placed. Sandra, she finally convinces Jeff to sneak off to Camp Blood while everybody else is swimming, and they uh, stumble upon what appears to be a mangled muffin. And he's credited as the cop, but he it's Deputy Winslow. Stealthiest cop I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and you look at him and he's like, that. he's not stealthy. Right. Mm-hmm. And we find out just in a very short while that he's not very <laughs> stealthy because he, he, he needs to work on his cardio. Yeah. I mean, just a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, he, he it's, he's actually Deputy Winslow, but he's credited as the cop, and it was played by Jack Marks. I think and, he's uh, actually related to Mr. Garrett from Halloween too. Yeah, well, they do share something very, very <laughs> similar. <laughs> do they? They do. Same year, too. Yeah, it is, 81. Interesting. But anyways, uh, he, he ends up coming upon Jeff and Sandra in the woods and takes him back to Paul. Of course, law enforcement guy, he's expecting a stern punishment for trespassing. Only seconds for dessert gets taken away from him that night. <laughs> which I funny. thought was really funny, too. I mean, come on. He even what does the it. Hell? <laughs> right? I was like, the hell with this. My man. <laughs> That's hilarious. But as he's driving away from the camp, he sees someone darting across the road. And, of course, it's Jason. And then he ends up going on this long run through the woods and ends up coming upon uh, this uh, little shanty. And uh, turns out that's Jason's house. The hut. The hut. That's what you call it. That's hey, what man. we call it amongst the Friday the 13th gaming community. Oh, okay. Jason's hut. Yep. All right. Meet kid, me at Jason's hut. We're going to kill shanty. this son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. When funny. I was a kid, there was this uh, like little shack that was in the, in the woods where we mm-hmm. used to ride bikes and everything. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it'd be cool if it was like Jason Shack and mm. everything. And That's funny. I, we, I pretended a few times. Sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. You guys would get some enjoyment out of that game. I'm telling you, the Friday the 13th game. Yeah. If any of the listeners out there played it, they know what I'm talking about. It's fun. I mean. Well, I've seen you and the kids play it, and I've, yeah. There's some know. days where it can just be a mundane, you know, normal gameplay, and then some days you'll get in a group where there's some assholes that want to take the four-seater and try and run over the other campers because you can, you know, you can slaughter your counselors here. Huh. And it really pisses you off because then you're like, the next game, you're hoping you're Jason so that you can kill those motherfuckers right. for pulling some fucking shit on you. <laughs> and it happens. And sometimes you get in a match where you, you know, get that revenge. And, man, it is so satisfying. Nice. Yeah, check it out. But uh, Deputy Winslow proceeds to get the claw end of a hammer to the back of the head. There's just, I don't know, I think the Halloween 2, the way they did it with the effect, I think it worked better for me than this one. The sound effect worked yeah, better. Yeah, still. Ugh. It's it's a cringeworthy uh, death yeah. and moment for me, no matter what. I reckon that hurt for just a second. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Something that was interesting about Jack Marks, who uh, played the uh, the cop, Deputy Winslow, he, uh, he had to learn how to drive for that scene, because he had never driven a car before in his life. Really? Yep. He had never driven a vehicle. Oh, my God. Uh, if you watch the Crystal Lake Memories, uh, when they do the uh, Part 2 segment, he, yeah. they have him on there, and he talks about it. Huh. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, interesting. <clears throat> but we go back to the lodge, where half of the counselors go out to town to hit up a bar, and the other half, ironically, the ones we were introduced to during the welcoming speech, uh, they all stay. So Terry, who's played by Kristen or Kirsten Baker... She was a print model for Canon Pictures, 
and uh, she did a few low-budget comedy sleaze flicks. But uh, she goes for a solo skinny dip in the lake, and if you nice. listen... Nice. yeah, She wouldn't shy. <laughs> no, but uh, if you listen real closely to the beginning of the score when she's getting into the water, it's the first couple notes of Jaws, and that was intentional. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. That was in the oh, line. Neat. Yeah. I don't well, they have that deep cello, you know, sound through this right with, with the score. It just kind of yeah. lays under it, but yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it works. Pronounced right there a little more. It's pretty cool. We get the collar popping creeper Scott, played by <laughs> Russell Todd. He was in Chopping Mall. He's such a dude. He yeah, he, uh, he's a tool bag. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, kind of playing peekaboo in the woods, and he ends up taking her clothes. And uh, what guy does that? Seriously. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Probably also dances with dogs and talks to them. But uh, back at the lodge, Mark, who's played by Tom McBride, he arm wrestles pretty much everyone at the lodge while Vicky... Women included. Yeah. Take him down. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he doesn't discriminate because he's, he's in training. <laughs> Vicky was played by Lauren Marie Taylor. She was in the long-running soap opera Loving. She keeps dropping not-so-subtle hints that she's down to fuck to uh, Mark, and I don't know if he's just not picking up on it or he's just kind of enjoying the the chase here. But Well, I think it's just because, uh, you know, he's in a wheelchair. I'm sure he doesn't get offered too much. Actually, yeah. yeah. I'm I sure mean, he gets asked a lot, you know, does that work down there? Well, she... she yeah, she does. Yeah. Kind of hinted oh, around at it. Did, yeah, she yeah. Like, you know, she's like... Are those that... the only things that don't work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they. I guess the, um, she really liked him in real life. Yeah, I she heard had a about big that. Big old crush on him, mm. but he was down because I guess he was gay. Yep. Mm. So, that's yep. Pretty freaking crazy. And I guess he actually, Tom McBride, he passed away at a fairly young age. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. Mm. I think he was in his forties. He wasn't very old. Mm. Scott, he back down by the lake, he gets caught up in a rope snare, and he's suspended upside down. And he ends up getting his throat sliced with a machete. But if you notice, it's backwards. backwards. Yeah. Well, it's backwards a couple times throughout this movie. It is. It really is. Uh, um, he holds the knife upside down, too. Oh, with the uh, where the um, the camera shot? Yeah. yeah, where you see his fist and yeah. the knife, he's holding it with the blade up. It's right behind him. Yeah. Oh, with his, the, like, the, the Michael Myers down. knife, yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Which way is the blade facing? Up. That's okay, because when you come down, it's going yeah, to slice. Yeah, I wouldn't have it it's, okay. it's usually not how somebody would hold it. See, that's you know? if I was ever to go on a psychotic killing spree, that's the way I would do it. You wouldn't be blade down? No. But weird. You're weird. Yeah. You're if, I, if I was going to have blade up, I'd want to come from a under, like, thrusting motion, like, into, like, a gut. Yeah. Huh. Right on. I'm sharing way too much with everybody. Well, yeah, but your forward, your forward <laughs> motion gonna be, is going to be downward and and at the bottom of the knife. You yeah, know? but you could penetrate and then slice at the same time with that downward motion in the fork. You see what I'm saying? Either way, it's going in, guys. Okay. Well, well it's mean... going in. Uh, and then Terry, she ends up coming back to free him, and she's killed as well, but it's off screen. But there's something noteworthy about Scott's death. Do either of you know what it is? About Scott's death? Yes. Uh, Other than the machete being backwards. <laughs> was he actually standing up when they did the shot? Nope. I don't know what. Yeah, Nothing? No, I don't know. This is the first kill by Jason with a machete. Oh, right, 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 right on. Yep. Inaugural. Yep, the very first one. <laughs> you always remember your first. <laughs> 
And he did it backwards. It's not a traditional looking machete, though, really. It's got a kind of curve. No, it's got some gets, curve yeah, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Almost looks like a. Uh, I mean, it's Nike just swoop. not as traditional machete as all You're right, yeah. Nice it looks swoop. like a Nike swoop. But again, this isn't our traditional Jason either. Right. It's the inaugural. Yeah. Good call. I like that. He's still learning. Yeah, this whole thing's ridiculous, really. You know, two of our kids got hold in today. It was five years ago. Some girl uh, panics and falls out of a canoe. It's absurd. What if there is a Jason? Oh, bullshit. Jenny? No, what if there is some kind of boy or beast running around Camp Crystal Lake? I mean, let's try to think beyond the legend. Put it in real terms. I mean, what would it be like today? Some kind of out-of-control psychopath? A frightened retard? A child trapped in a man's body? <laughs> He'd be grown by now, right? Right. And you know, the only person I'd ever knew him was his mother. He never went to school, so he never had any friends. I mean, she was everything to him. Yeah, deranged killer. <laughs> No, no, no. You're missing my whole point. I mean, I doubt Jason would have even known the meaning of death. Or at least until that horrible night. He must have seen the whole thing happen. He must have seen his mother get killed. And all just because she loved him. I mean, isn't that what her revenge was all about? Her sense of loss? Her rage at what she thought happened? Her love for him? Bizarre, isn't it? And he must be out there right now, crying for a return. For resurrection. Well, what do you think? I think you're drunk. <laughs> I'll drink to that. It is again, sweetheart. But Jenny, she really tries to rationalize and tie together all the loose ends and plot holes that this entry uh, creates. Well, yeah, because at this point, when you're watching a film, you know, you're... you're you're asking yourself, you know, what the hell's going on? How is this even possible? Yeah. You know, you got to have that fill in. Right. No, and and it works well enough. Yeah. It it, it does it doesn't it, it it does what I feel uh, what it set out to do and it works well enough. But I like how movies wait, you know, to tie in things like that, I guess. Don't mm -hmm. give it all away, I guess, yeah. But it still really really doesn't even explain it yeah. too much. Keep it a mystery. At the lodge, Mark finally picks up on uh, what Vicky is laying down as they uh, both prepare for coitus. Uh, a thunderstorm begins, which is you just, once... You just said coitus on the, on the podcast. Yeah, it's a fun word. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had to interrupt that. But yeah, yeah, coitus. Uh, yeah, I went there. All right. But uh, a thunderstorm begins, which is once again a representation of our killer's wrath that we got in the original. And uh, we end up getting one of the most heartless kills in the franchise. A fan favorite. Arguably, I think you could say, one of the best kills in the franchise with Mark in the wheelchair. That's um, pretty good. It just kind of puts out there that no one is safe. Because first viewing, if I'm like thinking, like, okay, who's going to be the guy that's going to live? It's that guy. Eh. You know? But yeah, you wouldn't think that, you know... At least that early on in the movie, yeah. I guess you know that he would get killed, but but yeah, nobody's yeah, safe. But I love the way it's set up, though. I really like the way it's set up, where you see him from the front, you see him from the back, yeah. you know, and uh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. But with uh, Tom Savini unavailable because he was uh, doing the burning, 
They uh, turned to Stan Winston to the do the special effects gore for part two, but unfortunately, uh, Stan he was uh, forced to leave because of scheduling conflicts. So he was actually working on it at one point, which is actually really cool if you think about it. Um, but Carl Fullerton ended up taking over, and uh, Dude, this movie had like fucking ties to all kinds of good people. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, Fullerton, you know. Yeah, he went on and. Uh, He's a makeup artist for the movie Glory, The Godfather Part 3, Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia, and of course, Stan Winston. I mean, jeez, what didn't he do? Anything that was big time sci-fi, any James Cameron vehicle, I mean, he was on it. Yeah, he was awesome. But Jeff and Sander, they're upstairs doing the dirty, and uh, we get a cool double impalement death kill that was lifted from the twitch of the death nerve. It was a giallo. But uh, this scene was actually supposed to be longer with full frontal from Marta Cobra, and obviously with what we mentioned earlier about her being underage, that was uh, that's an issue, right? How do uh, you forget to get that check before you start filming? She lied. She lied. Have lied. Uh-huh. She lied. Yeah. A lot of actors lied yeah. you know, about their age. Mila Kunis, she Mila lied. Kunis. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne lied about his age hmm. to you know, when he played on uh, Apocalypse Now. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was underage. Oh wow. Francis Ford Coppola used him anyway. He didn't find out about it, and he said, fuck it, he's going to... The kid he, stays in the well, picture. because <laughs> he was kicking ass, you know? He's yeah. doing a really good job, so... I didn't know about Lawrence Fishburne, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Mila Kuna, she did it for uh, that 70s show. Yeah. But anyways, uh, they ended up cutting that, which I'm even kind of surprised they left it in, because if you think about it, you have a 17-year-old straddling a 28-year-old yeah. on film... Why didn't... Uh, the implication is there. <laughs> right. You know? It, and you get enough angles, you know she, she's nude. Yeah, she took off her top. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Paramount still has footage of this. Like the actual video. Oh, I highly it. doubt it. They probably got rid of it. Just to avoid any potential lawsuit. I know there's this, there's like stills. There are stills of the kill that was more graphic, and it was actually on the back of the VHS, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken, but they ended up, that was one of the cuts that they made to avoid the uh, X rating from the MPAA. So, but yeah, I just kind of thought about that. I was like, okay, yeah, good call, cutting that out, not showing anything, but then why even show, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of weird. too cool of a kill to... Well, no, I'm not saying have the kill, but the scene where... I don't know, where you see her straddling yeah. him, and he's all like, all right, yeah, I'm going to get lucky and stuff. And, yeah, yeah I don't know. Anyways, it was, again, a different time. <laughs> cool kill, though. Yeah, very cool kill. It was like, wow, that was neat. That was really neat. At this point, when you were watching it, were you more impressed with the kills in this one compared to the first one? Easily. I was too. I was very, I was like, yeah, okay. It was, is, I felt like it's better. on par. I'm like, okay, I felt it was right on par. I felt <clears> it was <throat> right there with it. I, I can't say that it clearly exceeded. more intense. Yeah. They were creative. Yeah. I mean, they were already creative with Savini, but I I don't know. I, I just have an appreciation for Savini. Sure. You know, and, yeah. but I felt like these were, ju- I mean, they're right, right in the same, same vein. Solid continuation. Yeah, I was going to say, the continuity of the kills are not noticeable. Paul and Jenny, they end up leaving Ted at the bar to head back to camp, which could possibly mark the very first time in slasher history that (laughs) the fucking jokester lives. (laughs) Hey, man. Good for him. Because he stayed out there to get drunk. It was great. 
You know, he's going to after yeah. parties, after yeah. parties and shit. Oh yeah, Paul misses out on some shit too. So. Yeah, we finally get to see what Jason looks like, and we already talked about how he looked like the Phantom from the Town of Dread at sundown. But that's when uh, Vicky she goes into Jeff and Sandra's room, and he pops out from under the covers, and um, she just stood there, just cowering, not yeah. doing anything with his smashed thumb. Yeah. Which I always thought was... Steve Dash had a smash his thumb, I guess. Yeah, apparently. Damn. Cool out. No, I think it's well, cool, though. I think it adds gives to it a grittier look. You know? Yeah, exactly. Stunts, yeah. You know, in the movie. I'm sure he got jacked up a little bit. Oh, he did. He actually did get kind of roughed up here pretty, pretty yeah. bad in this movie, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why she just didn't try to flee. At least try to, I don't know, th- delay the inevitable. I mean, because you know Jason's going to get her, but she just stood there. You get that in those kind of horror movies sometimes, yeah. man, you know? She's the dumbfounded chick, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> Paul and Jenny, they return to the lodge where they immediately recognize that something is amiss, and Paul discovers that the uh, younger counselors smoke better dope than he does. Yeah. That's surprise, a surprise for mm-hmm. Paul. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> Reality check. <laughs> yep. But uh, they end up finding Jeff and Sandra's bloody mess in the bed upstairs. The power ends up going out, and Jenny discovers that there's someone in this fucking room. Obviously, Jason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Paul and Jason, they have a knockout drag out with uh, Paul coming out on the short end. He's not dead. Not at least yet. Maybe. Maybe not. To be determined. Jenny escapes the lodge into her unreliable Volkswagen bug that doesn't start, which leads into a brief chase that takes a pit stop in a cabin where Jenny is hiding under a bed and she has an encounter with a rat that makes her piss herself, which Jason can hear. Trickle effect. <laughs> that is some wild pee. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to think the setting's pretty quiet, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Hard sell. Yeah. I don't know. I hear you. I don't buy it either. So yeah, it's fine. It's weird. It's, but really, he just turns around. He's like, to be honest, the first time I watched somebody it, peeing. I think the first time I watched it, I was like, is a rat pee, pee That's, or some shit like that? Like, I don't even know. Is that what we're somebody spilled a cup of water? Right. Yeah, that she pissed herself. Yeah. That's well, yeah, but I mean, or the the rat that Jason might have seen it and thought the rat did it. No. Because he immediately he hit on the chair, which right. immediately gave way as soon as she pops out. Yeah. You know, but. Her. We, I kind of touched on this, but uh, is he too clumsy? Is Jason too clumsy in this? Well, the way I see it, he's a low-level Jason at this point. You know, he's novice. He, he, yeah, he's he's just starting to get his footing on things. Okay, because in, in a later scene, well, he 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 quivers in fear almost when she pulls out the chainsaw and yeah. everything. Yeah, you know? my Jason doesn't back down, oh, <laughs> even with a, right. even with a chainsaw. So anyway, but I think he's you know he's just he's just starting out. Yeah, he's a new. He progresses. He progresses as the movies go. Okay, fair enough. He's at level four now. You know. Yeah, dude. <laughs> long yeah. ways to go. He's a long ways to go before he hits legendary status. Jenny <laughs> <laughs> wanders through the woods and finds. Yep, you guessed it. Jason Shanty and uh, some of her dead friends and a much more decomposed head of Mrs. Voorhees with the sweater to boot. Which she ends up donning to try to pull a mind fuck with Jason pretending to be mommy, which she's almost successful with. I think she is successful, anyway. 
I mean, it worked out to her yeah, benefit in the long did. run, obviously, but she ends up getting a leg injury uh, while Paul, told you, he wasn't dead yet. Uh, he is amazingly the knight in shining armor coming out of nowhere to prevent Jason from finishing Jenny off. And we get yet another Paul versus Jason struggle with Jenny <laughs> for the win as she buries the machete deep into Jason's left shoulder. They end up unmasking Jason, make some really crude remarks about his facial features, and uh, we'll get a little more on that in a moment. I thought they did a kind of shitty job of landing the machete where we see it in the scene that follows. Because hmm. it looks like she kind of gets more angled into his neck. Right. And then the next thing we see it, like, oh, straight you're down. Just you're nitpicking. No, I'm not nitpicking. <laughs> I know trajectories, and, and that's not the way she swung the machete. I have to agree with the cane on this. <laughs> Unreal. I we, like this movie. Get I, I'm high fight. on it, so uh, nitpicking is not what I'm trying to do. Okay. <laughs> they landed it with Mark, you know, that kill, so yeah. they should have landed it on this one. Well, it's not really a kill, though, you know, but still. Yeah. I already mentioned that Steve Dash, he kind of got roughed up uh, pretty good during filming, and the scene where... Jason is chasing Jenny through the woods and he kind of leaps out from out of nowhere. Uh, he ended up falling on the pickaxe and he broke some ribs in that scene. Dude. Oh, shit. Uh, another time he was knocked out. And <laughs> then in uh, this scene, Amy Steele actually cut his finger uh, where she fights him with the machete and he ended up going to the hospital getting stitches and uh, he ended up returning to work and they just kind of put something over it that was similar in color and just kind of dirtied it up and you can't really tell hmm. but yeah he he uh yeah he got roughed up hmm. he really did Let's see and i don't understand why they couldn't credit the guy right. my god he's there for yeah 95 percent of the film right <laughs> he gets paycheck for it i, I yeah, think he, still i want yeah. i want my name put in the credits oh yeah, yeah i absolutely don't blame him yeah, at that's all kind not of one bit bullshit i agree paul and jenny they return back to the lodge and Muffin, the once believed to be deceased pet of Terry's, who uh, is actually a confirmed deceased character now, Terry, that is, uh, Muffin makes a return, which is timed extremely well with this window jump scene finale we get, where we finally get to see the unmasked sackhead Jason. In slow motion. Who really kind of looks like an inbred <laughs> red-headed hillbilly. <laughs> Yeah, when I first saw this movie, I think I seen Mask first. Ah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" It's like that's then, disgusting. Then I watch, yeah, and I, then I watched this movie like maybe like, within a reasonable around the same time and shit and everything. I was like, "Wow, it's Rocky Dennis." <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That's hilarious. I used to actually watch Mask a lot when mm -hmm. I was a kid. Yeah, dude, that's it was movie. one of those movies that just was always on. It seemed like as when I was younger. It's cool though. I mean, it, it's a cool. I, I like that jump, yeah. that jump scare in this. It's really well done. And uh, Amy Steele, she said that she found this whole, like, shooting this scene, like, really hard. And uh, I guess they did it three times. And her, that reaction is genuine because, I mean, she just, she didn't like it. She didn't like it at all. Yeah, so it's all genuine. And uh, it was actually shot uh, in slow motion with a high-speed camera. So whenever she would hear the the film, you know, it start to, like, go yeah. to get started, she would start to freak out. Because <laughs> she knew it was coming. But uh, I guess in one of these three takes, Warrington Gillette, he hurt himself. He was going to break through the glass, and it didn't break. And I guess he, I don't know if he got a concussion, but he ended mm -hmm. up 
hitting his head pretty hard. Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> First day on the job. <laughs> like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I guess he's actually, like, that's pretty much what the issue was with, you know, him. Because he was supposed to be the guy. And then they realized, like, he's like, well, I can't do any of this stuff. So then they end up getting Steve Dash to come in. And he did right. all the hard stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> But, um, what do you mean you can't do it? We hired you. You put on your application that you can do right. all this shit. <laughs> this is one of those times when lying on your application <laughs> does not work out for you. Right. But it kind of did, though. Right. But where does this jump scare rank for you guys as far as, you know, jump scares in the franchise, horror movies in general? You kind of kind of expect it, to be honest. Yeah. You know, especially when the dog shows up. You're like, okay, something's... The, sh- the other shoe is going to f- fucking fall any time, you know. Yeah. You know, so you're om- yeah, you're it's right. Kind of it's just like you're almost kind of trained to it yeah. because that's like the gimmick I mean, it's with cool. these movies. It is cool. Yeah, it's not in my like top ten. I'll figure though. Okay, I'm gonna say I've never really been asked to rank my jump scares before. Yeah, me neither. So I like really don't have a. Okay. A vague point where I can place right. this in a number of fashion. All right. So okay. How about okay? Uh, how about this? Like, I mean, do is it more on the yay side or nay side? Oh yay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because you want it, it to happen, you know. Okay. It's in the fiftieth percentile at least, is what you you're saying. It. Okay. So it's in the upper half for both of you guys. Yeah. yeah. And good. Okay. Me too. Because it, it is good. Because it is a cool shot. And it's you know, shocking. And yeah. And you're like, oh, you're like, first time you see that, you're like, ew, yeah, he's gross. You know, yeah. I don't want half a head of hair. I don't want to meet that guy, <laughs> mongoloid elephant man looking mofo. I'll Rocky pass. Dennis looking. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> Dennis, that's so funny, man. Oh, uh, okay. So interpretation time. We see Jason pull Jenny through the window. Cut to Jenny's being loaded up into the ambulance, and she's asking where Paul is. What the fuck is going on here? Okay, like, did she dream the window attack? Is Paul dead? Is the fucking dog dead? Did any of this shit ever really happen that was just depicted? I think it's intended to be ambiguous like that. It's yeah. a choose-your-own-ending kind of scenario. Okay. I think it was intentionally done that way. Okay. But, I mean, I could easily say, Paul likes to get down to the pub, you know, and blow the froth off a couple of cold ones. And he might have just once, you know, he realized the paramedics were there. He's like, boys, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's beer 30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> When she wakes up, let her know. I need a drink. <laughs> I'll, I'll catch her later at the hospital. Yeah. Nice. What do you got here, Lord? I mean, what what what's going on here? What happened here at the end for you? Is it a dream sequence? No, I don't think so. I, th- I think it legitimately. Now, as to the whereabouts of Paul, I don't know. I don't know. And it's it's funny too because the sheriff doesn't even acknowledge. No, I I I, I don't think it's a dream sequence. I think it's legitimately happening. So then the dog didn't die. Dog what the hell did die. Jeff and Dan- Sandra find? Another dog. Just a... Le- yeah, just a mangled doppelganger. Maybe. Muffin? Okay. Maybe. Yeah, that's a continuity issue that I do not have a, okay. a good guess on. <laughs> I guess. All right. I don't think... I think the dog lives. I, I, honestly, I think I'm kind of siding with you here, King. Is it? I, I think it was intentional just to kind of leave it up in the air or whatever yeah. because, you know... Obviously, when they made the first one, they didn't have any thoughts about making a second one. Mm-hmm. So now they're making a second one. There's no way they're going to do a third one. You know, they they got to be kind of thinking, I guess, somewhat in the back of their mind. They're not going to get, you know, they're not going to squeeze blood out of a turnip here. You know yeah, what I'm but saying? if you but if you leave it open ended, you can always go back to it. 
Right, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's, they, they gave themselves too. an out yeah. by giving it an open ending. So, like, whoever ends up taking, you know, the script yeah. for our, for the possible next one, uh, they have uh, they have a few jumping off points they could yeah. possibly go with, you right. know. Because, obviously, Jason was not the household name right. that we all know uh, today. But according to director Steve Miner, the window attack was not a dream. It, it happened. But we finish out on a closing shot of Mrs. Voorhees' head, which uh, leads to a freeze frame. And you can tell that's totally a real person under that makeup. <laughs> and they ended up deleting it uh, because after the camera had completely zoomed in on the head, the eyes open and smile. Mm. And uh, that was cut for looking too fake. And yeah, I agree. Yeah, she's, she's dead. But I remember watching this for the first time, I'm thinking like, all right, what's going to happen? Something's going to happen. Something, uh, nothing. Okay. All right. Good. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. I think you wanted to because I even noticed. I'm like, man, that looks like there's life under there. Mm-hmm. It's not just. I kind of want to see that footage though. Be interesting. I don't know if they're if it's still around or not, but that'd be cool. Yeah, I hear you. I like we've ta- talked about when we did the Halloween franchise review of sort you know seeing deleted and alternate footage mm-hmm. and things like that. I think we want to see everything oh, we yeah. can possibly yeah, see because sure. we know these movies by heart. We've seen them countless times, and we know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. And, yeah, I think we do. We just we crave it all. We want to see every little bit we can. Yep. But 48 seconds were actually cut from this to uh, avoid that X rating. And this is, uh, this is what they had to do. The uh, flashback footage in the beginning with uh, Mrs. Voorhees being decapitated, that was cut down. Mm-hmm. That was part of it. So stuff we Ridiculous. already knew that happened. It's on celluloid. They had to cut. Uh, and most of the stuff's blood flow. Uh, and just, like, seeing the amount of blood that's in there. But uh, uh, the blood was cut from the shot of Jason driving the ice pick into Alice's head. Uh, the close-up of uh, Crazy Ralph and the wire cutting uh, around the neck. Uh, blood was trimmed from the shot of Jason driving the hammer into the cop's head, which is that's disappointing because I think if you're going to show anything, you got to show that yeah. because that's just that's just an awful. Ugh. I was in that blood of Mr. Garrett's kill either. No, but you you see, I mean, you get the impact. Yeah, yeah. Right. we get a perspective on this one. Uh, blood flow was cut from the shot of uh, Jason slicing Scott's throat. Uh, the close-up of Jeff and Sandra being uh, impaled, the double impalement, um, that was cut as well as the full frontal. And uh, the shot of Mark's face being split by the machete, it was actually shown from the front angle. Mm. So, 48 seconds total. That's to pretty good trim time, you know? Yeah, that's 48 not seconds a lot. for all that, you know, all those scenes. But critical moments where, right. you know, if... You know, you you want to see something. How that. much better would this movie? I'd like to have seen a, <laughs> um, a re-edited shot of that scene with the double impalement kill, just because I mean, y- you see, the, you know what they're doing anyway, right. and you know they they do close-ups to avoid showing anything too much. But they could have you know shot this with an angle where he's standing on the side that blocks from you seeing her. But that was a cool kill. Yeah, oh, it's still like out. we missed like the you know. The sizzle with that steak. Yeah. I don't feel like it was captured uh, perfectly, but it was definitely, yeah. oh, wow, that's cool. He got yeah. two for one, you know. Called a shish kebab. All right, guys. Well, does anybody have anything else they want to add on here? Or are we ready to hit the wrap-ups and ratings? I'm ready to hit the road. 
Alright. This uh this is probably one of my favorites of the franchise, so can't come in low on it. Yeah. Uh, and you know it is Friday the Thirteenth, so it's one of the best franchises. So I want to say a nine. Wow! That's, I was really? I was gonna call it an eight point five, but man, it's really I mean. What was it, your original Friday rating? Do you like know offhand? Six. <laughs> yeah, I mean it wasn't as high. Six point no five. I know I was the high number between six or six point five. I think six point five maybe for you. The original rating okay. for Friday. I think you 13. might be right. Okay. I know I too wow. I was I was gonna jump. go I was gonna go eight point five and then I looked at my IMDB and I was you know, they don't have the point five system and yeah. I had ranked it a nine on there and I was like, Yeah, it's really a nine for me, I mean honestly. Wow. Because and it's not spiteful. No, no, it's not. No, this is my this is you know, definitely my top three favorite <laughs> Friday the thirteenth movies. <laughs> I've learned that there's actually a lot of fans that do like part two yeah. better than part one. They kind of treat part one as its own thing, kind of on an island, and you know the the franchise as we know it today starts with this right here, one, right. you know. So, yeah. So a nine, and a nine's probably as high as I'd go on any of the franchise. Really, I mean, wow, that's so, high I mean, praise. It's top three, but I'd have a hard time lining up where it go. Huh. All right, nine out of ten for Friday the Thirteenth Part Two yep. from the King, coming in high. Nice. I did. That's kind of unexpected, actually. Alright. This one is one of my favorite ones as well. Um, It's top five. I mean, okay, hold on, stop. (laughs) It's top. I'd say it's my number three. Okay. It's my number three film. Okay. In in the franchise. Um, I'm glad. Okay, so finally we got Jason. You know, we're not doing Mrs. Voorhees. You know, so Jason has been established, which is very cool. No, I mean, the kills are very creative in this movie. I like the upside down, the, the snare trap mm-hmm. death. My favorite is Mark's kill, though. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, Ralph's death, freaking sweet. And I truly do believe that Jason did swing that snare around. The, the, uh, for Crazy Ralph. Yeah, the uh, piano wire, where, or the barbed wire he used. Yeah. Yeah, for Crazy, Crazy Ralph. I think he swung it over the tree and caught it. Okay. Real quick, because you touched on it, you said Mark was your favorite death. Yeah. I wanted to ask, King, what's your favorite death in this? Oh, the double impalement. Is the it? double impalement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. that stood out. That's definitely top of the mountain for me. Right on. All right. All right. I Again, like... that's why I think I'd like to have seen it you know, shot a little bit better, but well, whatever. No, I like the Mark death because, you know, he gashes him really deep down the torso yeah. And then, then he just shoves him yeah. down the stairs. Yeah. You know, that's pretty badass. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the, way he, the trajectory of him going down the first set of steps on the porch and then taking a hard, <laughs> you know, turn yeah. to go down to the lake. Yeah, that was kind of. It's sketchy, all about but, the angles. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I just wanted to ask that real quick. Um, that being said, uh, no, I, I really do enjoy this movie. Um, like I said, there are a few qualms with this, but I guess I take into account that this this. Jason is new and fresh, and he's you know kind of just getting a foot on his abilities, because you know he doesn't he just barely like you know teleports. You know the one scene where you know um, Jenny is running when they when she's hiding behind the car, yeah, and he runs away the one way, and she goes that yeah. way. Yeah, that's really the first time he ever really you know catches a lot of ground on somebody, um, like running through the woods, whatnot, and everything. No, the score is really good in this film. I truly enjoy that. Um, 
and Jenny's a, is is a really good final girl. She she really is. Sure. Um, this is coming in at a seven point five for me. Seven point five. I don't know what that. Yeah, nice. I just realized that I got both your guys' best kills, and I didn't say mine. Oh, I'm with you. It? It's Marks. It's Marks. Yeah, oh, that's okay. cool. That's so cool. It's just dark, and when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, who? This is this is messed up." Rouse would have been really cool if, like, you know, it gotten in a little more on the in mm-hmm. the neck and like maybe partial like decapitation, partial decapitation on the tree. You know, mm-hmm. that would have been sweet. Then it probably would have been that yeah. Way. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, they didn't take those liberties back in the day, eh, right? I know, but man, missed opportunities. You know, they wanted to mm-hmm. miss opportunities. This was written by Ron Kurz, based upon characters created by Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham, who went uncredited with this. It was directed by Steve Miner. It is rated R, with a runtime of an hour and 27 minutes, and it was released April 30th in 1981 on an estimated $1.25 million budget and grossed $21.7 million worldwide. It had the working title, at one point, of just Jason. And it is currently not streaming anywhere. You can rent or buy it on Amazon Prime for two ninety nine. Which, if you don't have this, buy it. Right. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Seriously. Goodbye, all the Friday Thirteenths. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, you you can get like the first eight. We were just talking about what at Walmart they have 20, like the f- twenty five bucks. Something like yeah. That. That's that's cheap. Yeah. It's way cheaper than me getting the way I did, just getting them one at a time. Right. Yeah. Anyways, IMDb has us a 6.1 out of 10 with a meta score of 26, a Rotten Tomato score of 28%, and an audience score of 48%. That surprises me, the audience score. I figured that to be... A little bit higher. Significantly higher. 48%. I expected it to be about 70, something like that. I was thinking at least 65. Right on. But yeah, I've... Yeah, that shocked me. The 28 for the Rotten Tomatoes, that doesn't surprise me at well, all. Well, this, this could fall into the category that Halloween 3 does. Like, there's people that just don't accept it because it's not uh, Hockey Mask Jason. And, sure. You know, that that could be a lot of that audience that's ranking it in the shitter. Is there that many? Well, I mean, it's the same kind of thinking, though. I mean, there are that's people a good that point. Just, just will not accept something other than what they're, you know, they think, they're, they think they're a huge fan of, so... As a whole, I like this movie, but there are plenty of things contained therein that I don't like about it. Uh, the biggest are all the continuity issues, uh, and this is a trend that will continue in almost all of the future installments of this franchise. I already said, I, I really don't dig the hillbilly sackhead Jason. The, pro- the performance is fine. The logistics of him traveling to where at, wherever Alice lives to kill her, looking the way he does, sack on head or not, that's that's a head-scratcher. You know, there's some issues with that, I think. But Yeah, I don't understand why they couldn't have done that the way it was written in the book. Makes more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. But, oh well. But I give all these shortcomings a pass because of what we get with the upcoming entries that Paramount cranked out almost every year in the, yeah. in the 1980s, which is one of the most iconic and polarizing characters in not just horror but cinematic history with Jason Voorhees donning the equally iconic hockey mask. I just adapt the King's mentality of gobbling up whatever I'm being presented by the filmmakers, and 
pay no never mind to most of the details with continuity with this one. I'm glad you learned something from me. <laughs> it took me this long. Sometimes you just need to let go. <laughs> right? But this movie has the right setting for me. Again, I love the woods as a location, the isolation factor. There's a killer on the prowl. These are check marks in the good for me. It has the right tone. It's dark and brooding, although we do get some well-placed humor. Satisfying kills. I know a fair amount of gore was cut, even for just being 48 seconds. But to quote the Lord, this could have been a wetter movie for me. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I think I would have liked it a little more. But I really like that wetter. I don't know. That's yeah. moisture. It could have been a wetter movie. <laughs> a more moist movie? More. <laughs> now you're just crossing the line now, King. <laughs> oh, man. Moist. You Mayor don't loves say moisture. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Add the moisture. <laughs> it's moist. <laughs> Uh, we get good acting from the leads, not so much the supporting cast for the most part. Uh, you get one of the best final girls in Jenny, and even though it's not as good as Ari Lehman popping out of the lake and pulling Adrienne King in from the in the original, we do get an exceptional Carrie-esque jump scare at the end with the unmasked, or, I don't know, unsacked. Yeah. Jason, yeah. you see Unsacked. that coming because they're cueing it with that that, uh, uncased. Uncased. that calming music that they play in the you know it's not the same but it's similar to the they music lure you. That they play at the yeah Harry Manfredini he yeah. lures you in yeah. oh yeah I seen it coming I'm like oh there's a window behind her he's gonna come through it yeah no doubt I see the setup yeah but 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 it's one of those things I think like by the time you realize it it's already happened you're like fuck got me damn it son of a mm. bitch. yeah yeah it's not quite as good but it, it it's it's it's, it's good. a callback. I do like it. This is a 7 out of 10 for me. 7 out of 10? Yeah. I really enjoy this. This is one of the best horror sequels I think that there are. I I don't think it's better than Halloween 2 from 81. And I think, honestly, the reason... Is it because of the continuity? No, honestly, I think it's just the, the acting and the character development. It's just better. It's just a better movie. I, I get you. Well, I mean... Character development in Halloween Two. No, it. I mean, d- trust yeah, me. On, we, we, yeah, obviously, <laughs> we, we we talked about this at length, also. But it has its own issues with that in yeah. itself. But <laughs> as you honestly, you can't tell me that Halloween Two from '81 versus Friday Part Two. It, it's just, it's a better movie. It's a, it's a, I it's agree. a better put together. I agree, movie. and that's all I'm saying. But damn right it is. <laughs> Calm down, Dave. Yeah. Calm down, King. Jesus You're Christ. encroaching here by, <laughs> no, I am by not. acting like this movie is, is a hit for you. Halloween two, that is after no, the, after the way you no, dogged God, it. We we got it. Listen, based on ratings, oh you know, obviously yeah. he would he would like Halloween two better. I, I do would like Halloween yeah. two better, but you still put it below Halloween 2018, so that that's dogging it. That's uh, encroaching. Put, I can never win with you, King. Not on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, th- this is this is a fun movie, and I'm honestly kind of just thinking about things. This is one of the most rewatched Friday entries for me. All right, hitchhikers, this concludes our special bonus review of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two from 1981. We hope you all enjoyed our in-depth analysis of this official introduction of Jason Voorhees. You can find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast and be on the lookout for new announcements and updates. And make sure you also visit the King Art Facebook page that is linked to the NHP page where you can find a wide variety of 
badass artwork from the king himself. No doubt. You can also email the show at nostalgiahighwaypodcast at gmail.com. And our Twitter username is at HighwayNHP. So there's all kinds of ways to reach us. Any input or any questions you guys have, we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune into our next episode where we will travel to Utah, where we will discuss the cautionary tale of Billy Caldwell, where he takes it upon himself to punish those who are naughty during Christmas on episode 29, where we will review Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984, which will release at midnight on Christmas Eve. For real this time. Punish! And that will actually finish out the Yuletide Slasher Month, as well as, uh, that will end up closing the book on 2019, believe it or not. It's been a good year. Yeah. It's crazy. But on behalf of the Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and we thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us, and we'll catch you next time, out on the highway. You're inserting your what? Audio. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Wherever it can fit. <laughs> Wherever I goddamn want. <laughs> I'm gonna see your butt. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs>